Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today, living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at SoberGratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support. Sober Gratitudes podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitudes mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm so happy you joined me today for an amazing episode with an incredibly brave young woman named Mackenzie. I know Mackenzie because I watched her attend the same recovery meetings as me from the very start of her journey. Because of her willingness to do whatever it took to get and stay sober, I had the pleasure to see her blossom into a beautiful young woman, both inside and out. She is kind and loving and selfless. I am honored to call her a friend. Mackenzie is currently getting her master's in teaching while also working in a school as a teacher's aide. She is known for her diligence and success in so many areas of her life. I have great admiration for her work ethic. But there were a number of years when she struggled with active alcoholism. Her story is profoundly moving, and I know you will be so touched by her story as well. Thank you again to Mackenzie for joining my podcast family and for all my listeners who keep this podcast moving along. I hope this finds you all safe and healthy. Sarah? Hi, Mackenzie. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm you made, good. You made it in. I did. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. How about me? Perfect. Yeah. So I'm so excited you're on my podcast. Um, and I'll just give you a little intro or listeners an intro. Mackenzie is such a sweetheart. I met her in pro in our program of recovery. Uh, I met her when she, I don't know how many years do you have now? Um, coming up on six and a half. I remember you coming in and wow, have you changed? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Also her grandmother and my mother are very close friends. So Yes, really close. Yes, it really warms my heart. So when I found that out, I want I want to watch her grow and change, and I did. And what an amazing! I know you've been there since the beginning. You really have been. Yeah. So with that, let's let's uh, hear from you about what it was like 
what it was like. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, I love that you've been doing this and I love listening to your show. So I'm really honored and really flattered that you wanted me on. So thank you so much. Um, I've always admired your sobriety uh, and just you as a person. So um, I'm just truly flattered that that you want me on this. Um, thank you. So what it was like, um, I usually talk about growing up. I kind of go that far back because I think it's really important to for people to understand that I kind of never felt normal, quote unquote normal. Um, you know, I grew up with uh, divorced parents, um, always going back and forth between houses with, you know, not too much consistency, which is kind of if you know me now, you know, I'm all about my schedules and like my routines um, and how I'm not very good with the flow. Um, so I think, you know, just growing up, with that alone, you know, like, like I said, divorced parents since I was really young, um, mixed with anxiety. I've had anxiety since as long as I can remember, which, you know, mixed with alcoholism is, can be a a challenge. Um, but on top of divorced parents, uh, I had, I have an alcoholic mother, um, who as much as I love kind of showed me what not to do and who not to be. And before I continue with that, I would like to say that by the grace of God, she is sober today um, and doing very well. But, you know, if it wasn't for her, I, I never really would have found the rooms um, of recovery. And, you know, my mom saved my life. Um, There's just really no other way to put it. Um, Alcoholism, I truly believe is a family disease and my family and myself um, kind of are like the poster child for that. But, um, yeah, you know, back to my childhood, you know, I never, I just never really felt right growing up. I always kind of felt like an outcast, um, just really uncomfortable in my own skin. I always felt like I needed to conform and kind of adapt to others just to really fit in and feel worthy. Um, and even today, some of those insecurities can creep up but you know I'm lucky enough to know now that it's really all a lie and I am definitely worthy um so so yeah I mean you know growing up um my sister was born when I was nine so we're um there's a pretty big age difference and once my sister was born um you know shortly after my mom's alcoholism and addiction really took off and I was literally forced to become like a mom really young. Um, And I remember vowing to protect her from, you know, my mom's alcoholism and all the chaos and everything that kind of came with it. Um, And maybe she didn't have to see like what I saw growing up. And, you know, like I said, my mom showed me what an alcoholic was. And I remember promising to myself that I would never, ever become an alcoholic. So Mm. here I am now. Um, (laughs) And, you know, just to kind of give, I always like to talk about my first drink, because I think it's just so not normal, and really um, kind of puts things into perspective, Um, really my addiction, my alcoholism, and how I think I've always been an alcoholic. Um, So I had my first drink when I was 14. Um, It was, I'm never going to forget, it was a weekday, and two of my friends came over to my dad's house after school, and I had a really big soccer game that night, but, um, and they wanted to come watch, so, you know, my dad was at work, and one of my friends was like, oh, you know what we should do, like, like, we should drink, like, that would be really cool, and, like, really fun, and it wasn't my idea, but um, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like, that sounds fun. Like, why not? Like we're home alone. Like I want to be cool again, me conforming to others. Um, so we drank, my two friends took like baby sips and we're like, Oh my God. Like, and I just remember taking the bottle of vodka and like chugging, like not like not stopping. And I remember that feeling like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like I had arrived. This is 
fantastic. Like, I feel great. I feel like I can conquer the world. I feel like I can talk to anyone. I can be anyone I want to be. Um, and then I got really sick and throwing up. Um, I kind of got it together. My dad came home and took me to the soccer game. And, um, you know, I ended up, I couldn't play. And I don't think my dad will now, I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast and find this all out, but (laughs) he definitely didn't know what was going on. But I just remember sitting on the sidelines and feeling so guilty and so ashamed. And I remember the look just like of disappointment that he had. Like I said, he didn't know I drank, but it was just like, damn, like you can't play in this really big game, you know? And I just remember that look on his face. And that was, that was a look I saw many, many more times um, before I got sober. And, you know, those feelings of guilt and shame, that was the first time I felt those like that bad. And again, those feelings I felt many more times before I got sober. And each time I felt those feelings or I saw that look like on my dad's face of disappointment, like I literally like died a little inside. It's just, it's awful. And I still get choked up thinking about it. Um, yeah. Especially how close I am, you know, with my dad, he's literally, he's like the reason why I am who I am today. Um, to think of like the hell I put my family and him and my grandparents and my mom through it. It's still hard to swallow sometimes, but um, you know, it it never has to be like that again, but um, kind of fast forward a bit. um, You know, the details, like the war stories don't really matter of my drinking. Um, You know, I didn't actually drink too much in high school, believe it or not. That first drink I had, I think it was in seventh grade, but um I was kind of a perfectionist. Um, I got all A's in high school and beat myself up if I got anything lower than an A minus. I was definitely my worst critic. And um, high school was hard for me. That was when my mom hit her bottom with her alcoholism. And I felt like I really needed to prove myself with my grades and to show my family that like, I'm okay. Like everything's okay. Like that was like big for me. Like just making sure like, everything everyone thought like I was okay um which was a trend that kind of kept going as my alcoholism um worsened um so my mom ended up going to rehab at the end of my sophomore year of high school and she went away for about 13 months and wow um, yeah so it was a lot it was it was it was hard you know it was a relief on our family that she was getting better but you know, it was, it was just a hard time. Um, and, you know, I drank occasionally in high school and I kind of kept it together, but it wasn't really a big issue or like a big thing. I think, honestly, I was kind of a little turned off by alcohol too, because of everything that was going on. But um, I remember when it came time, you know, to go to college, like a switch went off in me. And I was like, you know what, like, I took, I've been taking care of my family, like my sister, I, I've been like behaving and doing everything I can, being mature, getting good grades. Like I'm going to let loose. I'm going to go to a big party school in Virginia because this is like what I earned. Like I earned this, like it's time for me to just like live my life and like, you know, shine. That's like what I thought I was doing, Mm -hmm. but um, that quickly, um, you know, that became the beginning of, of my hell. Um, you know, I went off to college and I literally became a shell of a human, um, started making really stupid choices and didn't care about my grades. I was losing friends. I couldn't keep a relationship with, you know, a guy. And it all came down to me having like literally no self-love or respect. Um, and, you know, my first year of college, um, it was just... I knew that like there was something wrong, but I'm like, there's like, I am not an alcoholic. Like I'm a party girl. I love to go out with my friends and drink, but like, I'm not an alcoholic. My mom is an alcoholic. Mm. Like my mom's an alcoholic. I'm not like I'm 20 years old or 19 at that time. No way am I an alcoholic. Um, 
and then like later realizing that all my friends that were partying in college like never woke up after a night of drinking and like wanted to die like I did I'm like oh so that's not normal (laughs) you guys are all you guys don't all feel like what I feel like the next morning of like shame and you know guilt humiliation but um you know you know, when I drank too, like I never, I never drank alone. Like I never drank every day, which was another thing. I'm like, see, I'm not an alcoholic. Like I'm not drinking every day. Like I'm not drinking alone, like in the closet. Um, but when I drank, I physically couldn't stop. Um, I wouldn't stop until I blacked out or passed out or got in trouble. Um, and when I started, it felt like a relief. Like I said, I could do anything. I could be anyone. And um you know, it just, it took a, it took a bad turn. Um, and also, you know, I was killing my family. Um, I was so great at putting up a front and kind of like deflecting the attention off of me. If someone asked how I was, I'm like, fine, how are you? Like, didn't want to talk about me, like didn't want any attention. I didn't want anyone to know that like, I was on the edge of like, just, I was a ticking time bomb. I was literally like, not okay um and it wasn't even until I got sober I mean the people closest to me my parents my grandparents close friends knew that I was struggling but it really wasn't until I got sober um that people realized how badly I was suffering and and even now like I'm six and a half years sober and I'm finally starting to like openly share to the world about my journey of recovery and and you know the outpouring of support has been truly overwhelming but still so many people had no clue like how badly I was hurting um yeah we're good at that so. right like the the keeping really good at that yeah because the, the, the shame and the guilt I know for myself I can identify and I had to keep it a secret I had to really really um try very hard to make sure that people didn't realize how much I was drinking yeah. and um is that what you talked about when you is that what you meant when you said that people in your family didn't realize how much you were suffering was it they didn't realize how much you were drinking or how much you were suffering emotionally uh, psychologically or what like what yeah, tell, both. say more about that yeah yeah both um like I said I was away in Virginia at school mm-hmm. um so I think I mean they knew I was like going out on the weekends and but I think like they thought I was having like a couple beers not like a disgusting amount of alcohol and you know and you know I would talk to them on the phone I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine but like I literally wanted to die like I wanted to die I didn't but I didn't like know what to do about that like you know I I didn't have any like I I just didn't I just I was in pain yeah you know I couldn't I couldn't wake up in the morning anymore feeling like feeling like I was feeling I just felt awful like the shame and like I said the shame and the guilt and the humiliation and it it was just too much um it was too much and I I do like to also talk about I always talk about my first drink and and my last because my last drink um was where I actually had my first spiritual awakening. Um, and it's such a big, big, big part of my story. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So um, it was, I was a sophomore in, uh, in college and I came home from, from school for winter break and it was December. And um, I was just literally at like the lowest of low, like just, I just looked like crap. I felt like crap. I had no drive. I mean, I was, I was miserable. I was literally in the throes of my alcoholism. And, um, I remember two of my friends, um, you know, from from the town, uh, from where we grew up, um, wanted to go, it was a Wednesday night. They just wanted to go out to dinner. So, and it was funny because at first, I said no, because I was sick. I actually had a sinus infection. I'm like, no, like, I'm good. Like, actually, I don't, I'm not feeling too well. And then kind of as the day went on, I'm like, you know what? Like, no, like, I want to go. Like, I could really use, like, a drink. Like, I want to I wanna go. So it started out as the three of us at, you know, a sushi restaurant turned into, like, 
a bottle of wine. We went and got a bottle of wine, like totally like quote unquote normal turned into me being like, you know what? After I had those couple of drinks in May, you know what? Like I want to keep going. Like, so we, so we went to a bar. I got us kicked out of that bar, went to a second bar. Meanwhile, I'm 20. I had just turned 20 years old and like, yeah. So that's another (laughs) whole nother, you know? So, um, Wednesday night, right? So we go to the first bar, get us kicked out. We go to the second and um, I am pretty much on the verge of blacking out. And um, I go home with a friend of a friend who wasn't a total, it was a stranger to me, but no, I wasn't obviously in my right mind. And and um, it's late now, it's like one in the morning. And um, I somehow like, got out of his car and was left uh, on the side of the road. Um, and this road, if you know, people know where we grew up, River Road, it's, it goes through like four different towns. Yeah. And um, I remember, actually, I don't remember, but this was pieced together. Um, I guess I was, you know, on the side of the road. It was really late. It was really cold. There was like a foot or two of snow on the ground and I knew that my mom I guess I mean I knew I knew my mom was sober um and I called her and I told her that I couldn't live one more day like this um and my plan was to jump in front of the next car that went by Uh, and by the grace of and then I hung up (laughs) I hung up so still can't believe I did that to her. Um, and this is when I really think that um, God and my higher power was watching out for me because I didn't obviously jump in front of a car. I um, laid down and my mom found me. I can't, I don't know how she found me. This is why I truly believe, like I said, in my higher power, she found me. Um have the goosebumps. Basically in a, yeah, basically in a snowbank. Um, you know. Oh my gosh. Just and she brought me home. Um, she brought me home. She put me to bed, and I woke up that next morning on December nineteenth, and she was at the foot of my bed, and those feelings were of shame that I always talk about: shame, guilt, um, were worse than ever, and. I knew I couldn't go on anymore and um, like that. And she was sitting on the foot of my bed and she didn't yell. She wasn't upset. She just said, you never have to feel this way again. And I said, okay. I said, just sign me up, whatever, whatever it takes, because I can't do this anymore. And um, she took me to my first um, meeting that night. And um, I'm never going to forget this meeting. So it was, um the meeting center <laughs> it's a small meeting small meeting on a thursday night and my mom actually was leading it at the time and i remember she brought me and we walked in first of all that day so that was thursday i woke up that morning you know and agreed to do whatever it took mm-hmm. that was like the longest day of my life because i'm like oh my god i just need to get like to this meeting like i was mm-hmm. you know like the hungover just crappy feeling so I walk into that meeting and I see like a circle of like old men and I'm like, Oh my God, I take it back. Like, Nope. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, mom, Nope. Like, I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. But like, I'm not doing this, especially every day forever. She's like, okay. Like, Nope, Nope, Nope. You're sitting down. So I remember sitting down literally in a circle with like old men and they're all like laughing and happy. I'm like, what the hell are they so happy about? Like, look at me like I'm not okay I'm crying I'm upset and they just said like you're in the right place like we're so happy you're here I'm like why like do you have any idea what I've just been through like so so oh my god it was yeah and um so I remember sitting there and in walk and the door swings open and obviously I still probably had alcohol in my system but it literally looked like an angel had walked in and I always phrase it like this and this beautiful young girl walks in and I'm like oh she must be in the wrong place because she definitely doesn't belong here 
And she sat down next to me and she said, you know, you never have to feel this way again. She said exactly what my mom said to me. And she said, you know, and I was crying. I was, I cried. Oh my God. If you know me, like, you know, you knew me. I cried like every day for the first like 90 mm-hmm. days, at least. Oh my God. Every meeting I went to, I cried every day. I cried and I was sitting there crying and, and she walks in and um, sits next to me and says, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to do this together. And, you know, fast forward, that turned out to be, you know, she's still one of my best friends to this day. And I think anyone listening to this who knows my story and knows my program knows who that was. Um, and I ended up going to meetings with her. She, um, she took me to meetings. She had four months sober at the time. And, um, you know, together we, we got sober. We we she was my best friend you know I don't like I said I don't want to use names um and you know that was the beginning of of my journey um you know I quickly realized that I belonged in those rooms um listening to the stories of you know what people were saying um I knew I belonged there you know, I got a sponsor right away, um, started just doing what I was told to do because I was desperate. Mm-hmm. I was desperate. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what it was like. Oh, I'm, I'm like blown away. <laughs> I've never heard your story from start to finish. And I'm I'm, I'm like, I, I was getting very emotional listening to it, <laughs> especially that part, Mackenzie, when you said when you. Oh my God. I was like, I was had the goosebumps and I had a lump in my throat when you said you lay down in the, in the snow and said, I can't live like one more day like this. Mm-hmm. And that, Oh God, I know, I just know that feeling. I know, I know that feeling yeah. and it is just horrible, right? It's so horrible, <sighs> but it's, but it's yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, that is such like you and I, understand now that that kind of feeling is like exactly like a part of the recipe to to like giving up surrendering finding a program let asking for help and starting to get better you know oh my god it was it's a gift total it was a gift it was a gift the gift of desperation for sure oh because I was I would have not come into the rooms or gotten sober if you know, I didn't get to that point at all. Um, little did I know, like, I don't think I would have lived to see my 21st birthday with the the path I was going down. Um, so it was a gift. Such a gift. Uh, that's um, an incredible, incredible. Thank you so much for being so honest and transparent and, and, and um, vulnerable. I mean, the, you, you touched on what, like, just really the, the, I feel some of the most important things that we need to hear about addiction and alcoholism. Yes. And that is the, the deep dark underneath layer for layer for layer, the, the guilt and the shame, the humiliation, that feeling of no self-love, no self-respect. Like I wrote down like everything you were saying and I was like, yep, this is, this is how I felt. This is how I felt. And, and that's being an alcoholic right it is and, yeah. and then the the, the 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 some of us the are the who find somehow find the courage to reach out for help or to get help um we're we're, we're the luckiest and 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 when we're willing to really do what they, everyone says even if it sounds ridiculous right. if we're willing to do that then we have a chance. We have a fighting chance. We do. And, yeah. and so yeah. it's a gift, the gift of desperation, the gift of, of su- surrendering and letting go of control and um, just beautiful. I, I'm just, ah, I'm, I, I have to take off the, my goosebumps. Um, so <laughs> I've never heard your story. So I'm so glad that you, it's here on my podcast. So Mackenzie, so tell me, um, what it was like then to 
move through sobriety and get to a place where you really like, cause, because I know for myself, I came in the same way, like identical, like the feelings of humiliation, shame. I hated myself. I wanted to die. And then I got to a place of not feeling that way anymore and wanting to live and feeling proud of myself. And like, so, so can you share um, and say more about that experience that, that you had that where you trans, like you felt like you had that transformation to almost like a completely different person. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so I, you know, I, I came into the rooms and I very quickly did, like I said, what um, was suggested, because that's, you know, that's how desperate I was. And, um, you know, it started off as, you know, meetings and, and some step work and all of that. I wouldn't say a chore, but it was kind of just like, not not I w- it wasn't natural to me you know it was it was like self like working on myself what the heck like I'm not gonna, I want to work on myself like I don't want to see what's inside of me you know I'm I like why would I want to do that you know I, I I was broken um and you know once I kind of started going through the steps and and feeling a change um that's when it just became like a light switch, you know, and, and I started to love going to meetings and love doing step work and love talking to my sponsor. And, and, you know, once I started feeling just better about myself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just better. And that came with time. Um, you know, the first few months were rough. Um, again, physically rough, mentally rough, emotionally rough. You know, during this time, I, I made the decision to not go back to school down in Virginia. So I moved home. Um, you know, all my friends were still drinking. And here I was going to AA meetings and diners on Friday nights. Um, I had to change my life. Um, but I was willing to do that because I wanted to live. And like I said, at first, it was kind of like, this is what I have to do. And then it turned into, this is what I want to do. This is what I love to do. Um, but you know, the steps, working through the steps um, of recovery is where I, I really, really started to grow. Um, just finding out so much about myself from, you know, my whole life, so much of my my issues, um, if you want to call it that, uh, started off when I was little. You know, it, it didn't just happen overnight. Um, so, you know, like I said, just I... I think just with time, just started getting easier and, and, you know, my family um, started being able to, you know, trust me more and, and my friends, I would make, I was making new friends in the program, you know, my close friends that, you know, weren't in the program that I've, I've had, you know, wanted me back in their life. And, you know, just with time, I just started feeling more attractive, you know, in every way possible. Um, But you know, that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't do what was asked of me in the program. You know, I couldn't just show up and sit there. I had to do the work and I still have to do the work and I have to be there, um, you know, for others to help others in and out of the program. So that's that's beautiful. So, so Mackenzie, tell, tell us what your life is like now and how it's different from before you got sober. Oh, it feels like, literally feels like a different life. But at the same time, I never want to forget what it felt like, which is why I think it's so important that we share and we talk about what it was like. Um, but what is it like now? Um, you know, I'm getting my master's in teaching. Um, I'm working as an aide right now in a second grade classroom. I'm just so happy. I mean, like joy, not just like oh yeah like think like I am so happy you know I have an amazing boyfriend who I've been with four and a half years um he's never seen me drink Mm. which is amazing like I'll like tell him stories and and even like when he listens to this he's gonna be like what Mm. like I people you know I have friends now that didn't know me back then that are just 
can't really believe it. And I'm like, well, like, I'll take that as a compliment then. Um, but, you know, I am so close with my family, my grandparents, my parents. Um, you know, I have, I live with my boyfriend. We live in an amazing condo. We have a dog that is literally like my child. <laughs> I, I just, you know, coming into the program, if I had to like write down where I'd see myself in five years, you know, I would have sold myself short um, for sure because my life today is so much, it, it's better than I ever could have thought it would be. It's a life beyond my wildest dreams and, um, you know, day to day, maybe it doesn't always seem so exciting, but I kind of like boring, you know, I like going to bed <laughs> at 9.30 at night, um, even on the weekends, you know, I like, doing my jigsaw puzzles at night. Like I, I just, I just, I like my life now. And um, I feel like I appreciate things so much more because of where I came from. Um, so, That's beautiful. you know, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and I've been asked that. Could you, would you, if you could go back, like, would no, I, um, I wouldn't change a thing because it's who I am. Um, oh. it's who I am well sobriety has seemingly stuck on you but I you know as we know it's a one day at a time um, effort and 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 a nice segue into what I want you know I've been talking about in my episodes um, lately is this crazy pandemic that we're going through right now and how how it's unbelievable how, you know, I'm applying because you and I are in the same program of recovery and I'm applying all everything I learned oh, how yes. I got sober yes. into how yeah. to how to cope and manage and live with this coronavirus yes. one day at a time. And, yep. and so tell me, about, like, uh, share with the listeners how that's working for you and, and what life looks like for you living in a very different world right now that could be very different oh, for many years to come. We don't know. So uncertain. So uncertain. Yeah. The uncertainty um, can be scary, but I don't, I don't think I'd be handling it this well if I wasn't sober for, you know, the time I've been sober for, um, you know, I've been attending like Zoom meetings, um, listening to speakers uh, in recovery, you know, um, talking to my network, you know, girls I sponsor. I, it's just my sponsor, you know, it just it just keeping connected has been huge. Um, and, you know, just staying busy. Like I said, I I work in a school right now and I'm getting my master's. So all of that has been moved to online. Um, so I've been, you know, just keeping busy like one day at a time. Um, and it's kind of been long enough where it's kind of just turned into like this new normal, which I don't know if that's good yeah. or bad. But I've just kind of gotten used to it, you know, taking my dog for multiple walks a day. But, um, you know, just really staying connected to people in and out of the program is the biggest thing, I think, for me, because I could so, you know, so often just shut the world out, you know, like, I don't need to be anywhere. I don't need to go anywhere. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just important, like I said, to stay connected, which is all the more reason why I think, like, you having this podcast and, and you know, us being open about recovery and our sobriety is just so important right now. It's sure. like it wasn't this if it wasn't important before. It's just so important right now to, you know, just share our experiences because that's all we have. Yeah. That's all we have. Yeah, sure is, Mackenzie. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I know I am so great. I, lo I love what you said. And, and it's, it's that simple, right? It's that simple that we just accept the fact that we're living in uncertainty. But if we do what we're, what you need, to, what we need to do to keep ourselves safe and our loved ones safe. Yeah. And um, appreciate what we do have and and then that's that's plain and simple that's yeah that's just how we live right and and that's yeah. very much how for me like how it was for me in early in, in sobriety to 
I just had to accept every day as it came. Um, and there were hard days and really hard days. And really, I, yeah. my journey was ugh, crazy. Um, but it got to me, got me to where I am now so that I can, I'm so grateful that I can be a sober mom and a sober yes. wife with a oh. healed marriage. You know, it just, it's just a different life. And, and, I but, know. um, the, uh, you, you touched on the staying connected and that's, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that, um, Mackenzie, because I, one, some people have said that, you know, the opposite of loneliness is connection. And, um, mm-hmm. I think that's right. I, I think that's what I've heard or something of the sort. And it's true because, you know, for me, I know that when I started to feel more connected to people like myself, I felt less alone. I felt that I wasn't a wackadoodle, you know, that there was plenty other wackadoodles in the world, but actually the wackadoodles are the, like, I have a lot of fun with the wackadoodles, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, like, like, <laughs> love the meetings. I love the people that I've met along the way and because we, we get to be so honest with each other, but the connecting, it's like, what I find is I'm so grateful for technology and, um, oh, yes. and that we get to, have zoom with like before all this happened as a mom you know i'm hearing oh you know technology kids are on the on the screens too much we're on the screens we're addicted but you know it's because it's like i see it now it's like thank god we have this technology to keep yeah. us to keep thank us god. connected and and i just joined this um laura mccowan thing um i'm like oh for fun i'll do this it's a tlc thing um and she does these like um zoom meetings and she it's really cool it's like nine dollars a month or something and um, and and so just before this interview I was on I was just astounded and like all these all these women and there were some men who were on it were on it like and and they said put in the chat function how many day like what day like the day count and Mackenzie it like it that chat um thread fired up with day one day seven 12 14 one one two three yeah. five six and it was it kept going and I'm like oh my gosh and thinking, yeah that's you know, amazing thank god you know I feel sorry I feel so sorry for some of these you know and sad because I know like the face-to-face and being with somebody and getting hugs from like I know. getting hugs from people from women you know who you can trust and stuff that that's so important but you know what just it's just we have like the world at our fingertips through this technology and um, I'm so grateful that we have this so we can still do like service work right like we can help people I know absolutely because we know that that's what keeps us sober is when we're helping other people it is so yeah Um, but I was going to ask you a question about that but the the um now you you got sober and you stayed sober you didn't have any like slip situations right no um I did not thankfully thankfully I continue on this journey the way it's been and you know um, yeah I'm a first time yeah and and you know what I love that I love that saying and I love I also love how we can say that you know because I for me I slipped twice before I finally like had the fear Mm -hmm. of God and me and the fear of I'm Mm going to lose my family um and we I went back into the room so ashamed but like oh my gosh I'm not like thinking oh no I didn't get this right away why didn't I get it I didn't understand like what happened how did I belly up to the bar like that what the heck and um right and everyone was like applauding me and embracing me and I became like the most important person in the room they are and, absolutely, and that's absolutely. what like, and that's what's so wonderful um, that that we we get to, you know, re- we keep rooting for the person who has that desire to keep coming back and to to work hard and to figure out what it is that made them go out, and and that's a part of for me that's a part of my story. Are those those two the day tomorrow actually is the eight year anniversary that I found my program of recovery. And wow. it, that's a really oh special day for me. It's also the day that my dog was born. 
So it's my it's my dog. So she's like my sober dog. It's a yeah. special day. And then, so and then I was so ashamed for a while, like that I did that. I'm like, I that's not my sober date anymore. But but it's still such an important date for me because it because it I was led to the, you know the 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 this beautiful program, mm-hmm. this design for living, and then I had a slip in July and a slip in August, and then that was my last drunk, and eat the both those slips are so so much so important in my story like like my recovery story and I learned so much for, from them and so that's what I think um that's why I asked because I know some people you know sometimes like you hear about the slips and then you people you know have spiritual awakenings because of the slips or the relapses and and oh, yeah. thank god you know that you know people who come back haven't died or you know been institutionalized for you know forever and ever yeah. if you know no. if, they, if they've slipped and um, that so no I know and I think too that you know that's just why I love recovery um, especially our program because you know everyone's story is different um, everyone's story is different but we all got here the same way feeling the same feelings and like I am just so proud like mm-hmm. what like what a group to be a part of you know people wanting to just better themselves um it's just, it's just so powerful. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just yeah. so blessed. I don't even know how else to put well, it. Well, you know, I, know? what I'd love um, to hear from you and I would love the listeners to hear from you is what, like, just thinking about how the world is today and, and how, gosh, I just keep imagining, you know, what are people doing behind closed doors in fear? They're, you know, some of them might be drinking heavily. I know I would have been um, doing a lot of drinking and the young, young folks who, you know, are in college and now they're not in college, they're at home. They're just, yeah. So, and then maybe they left college and they, they were in the place you were at. Um, right. and so now like you can't, they can't, maybe they can't, don't have access to alcohol anymore and things are really going, you know, emotionally there anyway. So this is where my head goes. I start to, you know, we're like wonder and everything, but no, I what know. Would you, like for anyone, like thinking about who, where you were when you were laying in a pile of snow, you know, for any of the, anyone out there listening, who's, who feels like they're at a place where they're about to be laying in a pile of snow. They've had a many times where they're laying in a, the street and the snow and that just saying, I can't do this anymore. What, yeah. what, what would you say to that person? Oh, it gets better. Um, it gets better and there is hope, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this. And, you know, what my mom told me that that next morning I woke up, you never have to feel this way again. Um, it's just so true. You know, you never have to feel that way again. You know, all you have to do is just surrender. That's it. That's it. Um, You know, but there is an easier, softer way, you know, as we say. Um, It doesn't have to be this hard. You know, you don't have to keep fighting. You know, just, just, (sighs) it's just, it's such an, it's just, it's emotional um, because it's, I get it. Um, but you know, it gets easier if you, if you want it and you have the desire to stop drinking, you know, we're here for you. I love it. It is life is, you know, it's so much easier to live this way. Right. Oh, oh, it's so much. I'm like, it's just not exhausting. I was so exhausted trying to like juggle juggle my life like everything you know what people thought of me what people saw of me like what I like I just just juggling all these lies and you know I felt like a performer or something like I just felt it was exhausting there's just no other way to to put it um it's just so much easier this way so much easier oh well Mackenzie it's been such a joy to have you on my podcast and you know I, I've been wanting you to be on this podcast for quite some time and, and oh, it just you. happened, you know, I, you know, you, 
understand it happened just at the right time when it was supposed to happen. And, and, um, absolutely. and I, anyone, I don't know if I could, if you want to share your Instagram account, but cause it's just so beautiful. And then I, I just, yes. Oh my gosh. Of course. Cause you have yes, such a beautiful please. Instagram account and you, I have to, well, I have to talk later about how you make your pictures look so bright and airy and like, like, <laughs> I'm like, why like I'll give you a little uh, tutorial. Okay, thank you <laughs> for this whole time right here. But um, yeah, but then you also, I saw have a dog account too. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, the crazy yeah, dog. No, mom. that's great. Yeah, the dog account seems to get a lot of attention, you know. Oh, yeah. He has more followers ah! than I do. So <laughs> that's really yeah. normal, right? Well, so I can put, I can put the, um, your Instagram information in the notes. Please do. So go to the notes yeah. um, if anyone would like to um, connect with Mackenzie because she's got a wonderful program of recovery and she's just a sunshine, um, such a wonderful, wonderful young woman you are. And Thank you. You that really means so are. You're, you're truly, as Laura McCown says, like we're we are the luckiest. But you, you truly, like I think of like you being so young, like you know, yeah, I was 39 when I got sober, and still relatively yeah. young. But you know, wow, of course, yeah, but, you're you know, young. and it was my time at 39. But for you, like you really, yeah. you've got your whole life ahead of you, and I'm just so excited to watch you and see what happens for you. Thank like you. you've got yeah so well good well um is there anything else you want to say before we close it out (laughs) no um I think I think I covered most of it knowing me I'm gonna like overthink this when we get off like oh my god I should have said that right yeah we never do that right (laughs) no never me overthinking anything stop progress exactly. not perfection right it's such a relief that we don't have to be perfect anymore right so well, good. Yes. well you have a great rest of the day and and thank you again thank you sarah thank You're you so welcome. much for having all me. right we'll talk to you soon bye well that's a wrap on this episode thank you to my guest and all of you for listening I hope what you heard inspires you to look for and recognize the gifts of sobriety. Sober Gratitudes, a podcast dedicated to delivering messages of hope through true stories of recovery. A sober life is possible if you truly want it. 